Welcome to the WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio share Today, we will be live on the air until 6 o'clock p.m. with guest hosts from the local community. And to say thank you for your financial support, we have some great gifts to enrich your Catholic faith. Operators are standing by right now to take your tax-deductible pledge. So call 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit wsficatholicradio.org to make your donation online. Well, hello and welcome. 7.50 a.m. We did it, ladies. We did it. We're on the air. Nine million souls. What do you think? Amen. 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 Nine million souls. Nine million consecrations to Our Lady just waiting to happen today. (laughs) You think it's going to happen? Absolutely. Yeah, and you're going to tell your stories. And so today uh, with us, before we get started, we're in the second day of the Sheerathon. We had a slow start, but that's the way Our Lady always works with me, isn't it? Always that lady at the last minute. <laughs> so here we go. We like have that. great faith. We have great faith that she wants to save the souls of Chicagoland and bring as many souls as she can to her son because she loves us so much and we love her so much. And it's such a privilege to have this beautiful group of smiling women, all different <laughs> ages, all different occupations, but one thing united in the love for the rosary and our lady and i want to say thank you lisa Ehler. you put this whole thing to i don't know how you did it but you pulled the whole <laughs> thing together so welcome to the show angela you're amazing all the credit goes to angela we had the honor of running into her a few weeks ago and she said please pray please pray we have this golden opportunity to expand the station and please pray that it works out and here we are so god bless you and all the work you do you are an angel there's no uh, question the name angela was given to you for a reason you're mm-hmm. just precious and wonderful so Thanks for having us today. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. Of course, the idea of talking to potential audience of $8 million isn't at all intimidating or scary. But uh, <laughs> if we get to do it in honor of Our Lady, of course, we say yes to that. So One soul thank at a you. time. One, One soul, soul at, at a time. time. Yeah. Amen. So thanks for having us on. You asked us to come on today. Um, I guess we have a unique journey, just like everybody does. And you asked us to talk about our love of the rosary and our rosary group. So I'll go ahead and get started. Um, yesterday was the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and nobody likes to think about that, right? Sad. We don't want to think about being sad. Why was she Our Lady of Sorrows? Because she experienced the worst pain any human can endure on earth, which is the loss of a child, right? There's just, we all know it's common knowledge that is about as, as great a suffering as you can have. Um, so I, I personally... I hated when my mom would cry when I was little. I, I think I'm not a crier because my mom was a crier. So every time she cried, I was like, I got a muster. I can't, <laughs> I can't fall apart. We can't both be falling apart here. That wouldn't work. See, she's crying right now. <laughs> but in a beautiful way, I'm going to share with you how my story and love of the rosary really begins with my love for my mother. And, um, you know, and, and it transfers to my love of the Heavenly Mother. And I always say that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a pillar next to the 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 stand of Our Lady at the seminary, and I'm going to put my mom on a statue just one inch below Our Lady because she deserves it. She's Amen. amazing. Amen. So how I kind of, and, and my friends are all agreeing because yes. they all know her through our great rosary group, which I'll explain how we've all gotten together. This cast of characters has come together through Our Lady, through love of Our Lady. Um, but, you know, my 
probably, I don't even know when I learned about the rosary in particular, but when I was 16, one of my best friends, Jenny, went to Medjugorje, which we all will defer to the church's authority on that, but of course there's alleged apparitions of the Blessed Mother there for the past 40 years, so that's a pretty powerful thing worth looking into. And she came back on fire and said, Our Lady said pray the rosary every day. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. But I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I just remembered it. So flash forward to 21 years ago, I was a grown woman with my own children, and my mom had a brain hemorrhage on Christmas morning. And I reached into the file way back in my brain about, oh, Our Lady said pray the rosary every day to obtain what you ask for. So we did. We gathered as a family. We had all kinds of signs from St. Therese. And my mother, lo and behold, made the most amazing, beautiful recovery from that. So I vowed at that point to live my life in gratitude and, um, and never to forget that God was with me in our hour of need. So I, I hope that I, I pray that I can live up to that in some way. So then flash forward to when my oldest was going off to college, I was thinking, oh, I have to give her something with my prayers attached to it. And I was like, oh, I should give her a bracelet that I prayed on with, you know, maybe like one of those St. Benedict bracelets. And um, so she can physically take my prayers with her to college. And so then I said, well, I, and this, the only good ideas I've ever had have always come to me at Mass. So I was at Mass when I thought about it, and I thought, oh, well, Amy's son's going away. She should do it with me. She'll do it with me. And then I thought, well, every mother should do this for their kid. We should all be praying the rosary for our children, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I started hosting a rosary group at my house. Linda knows. Linda was there. And, again, it was just... These people would just kind of show up at my house, walking in, walking out. Sometimes I knew them, sometimes I didn't, but we gathered in prayer. And um, from there, another dear friend of ours, Allison, started a rosary out of her house in honor of a young girl that, that passed away due to, to brain cancer, Maddie McInerney. So we had these two rosary groups together. And so when COVID came about and we were all locked in our homes, one of the women from the rosary group said, hey, is there any way we can pray the rosary on FaceTime, maybe every day for like two weeks. <laughs> We're like, yeah, because COVID will be over in two weeks. So that's a great <laughs> idea. So again, cast of characters. Hey, anybody want? Yeah, okay. You know, and, and here and there, slowly this group evolved and grew. And gosh, just looking back, the other day I was thinking, God always provides. You know, these things happen and our lives are turned upside down in some ways. But God always finds a way to bring good of it and to bring us hope and to bring us his mother. And looking back at this past year and a half, if I didn't have this rosary, I don't know what my life would have looked like. It has been, it, I have the chills from head to toe saying it. I can't, mm. I can't thank the women and the two men <laughs> in our group enough for their commitment because, you know, sometimes I pray the rosary. I have a hard time now getting through rosary on my own because... I'm mm -hmm. so inspired and lifted and motivated and encouraged to keep going forward with this group. And sometimes I'd start a rosary and then I'd fall asleep or I'd um. wander off and realize I have to go do the dishes, you know, but there's such strength in the unity of this group. So, um, so with that, I encourage everyone listening, maybe you've never said a Hail Mary, maybe today's the day to say Hail Mary, right? Maybe you've never said three in a row. So maybe today's the day. Think about just saying three Hail Mary, start small. You know, you're, you gotta walk before you run. Maybe you're totally devoted to the rosary, and it's time to up it to three rosaries a day. Uh, so there's always ways to grow in the spiritual life. We are, it's a journey. We're never, we've never reached our destination until we die and we meet our Lord, right? We are always growing. We're always pushing ourselves. And sometimes I, I'm, I'm not great with working out, but I feel like I, I like to be a spiritual fitness trainer and encourage people to just keep pushing past your limits. Keep doing more 
than you did yesterday, right? And that's how you grow in anything. So, so I am delighted to have my dear, dear friends with me today to talk about their experience with the rosary, their experience with Our Lady, and most of all with our Lord Jesus Christ in their life, how he has blessed them and provided for them in times of trial and times of joy. So with me today, today I have um, Linda Waddick. We're going to get started with our dear Linda. And Linda, why don't you um, tell me a little bit about how you grew up? Did you ever pray the rosary growing up? Uh, growing up, we went to church every Saturday, 5 o'clock Mass, without fail, never missed a day, never missed a holy day. And that was pretty much it. We never really did anything else besides that. And I know that a rosary was something that you got when you were having First Communion or Confirmation, and you said thank you, and you put it in the drawer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. So there was no beyond church prayers in my family. And we didn't really talk about God a whole lot, and it wasn't um, a big deal other than you never missed Mass at all, ever. Mm -hmm. That sounds similar to how we grew up, yeah. And I think it's kind of that generation, right? Like things come and go, and God gives us the tools and resources when we need them, right? And so you had that foundation, Mm -hmm. but then you experienced a real trial before COVID, if you would share that with us. Yes. Um, So my husband passed away unexpectedly in January of 2020, and um, that was a real shocking uh, event, to say the least. For me and my two daughters, they are um, 19 and 21 now. And that was a very difficult time, and it was awkward to learn stuff afterwards and how it all unfolded. And I was very uplifted by people who came and brought food. um, And and days that I could barely function, food showed up. And one of the people wrote, um, God will always provide, sometimes through other people. Mm. And I thought, well, that's really cool. I like that. That's a neat statement. And then COVID hit and everybody was shut down. And um, as a way of working through my grief and anger, and I had a lot of anger, boy, um, I started listening to a couple of radio programs, um, actually YouTube programs, and I stumbled upon Our Lady of Fatima Rosary Crusade with Father Pillory. And I thought, okay, I can do this. I can do this every day at 11 o'clock. I can can do this. So I started praying the rosary um, that way. And to be honest, I really didn't even know how to pray it. Going back to your, um, your, your first rosary group, I was invited to come and I stood in the background and I had no idea what you people were doing. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what you people were doing. I mean, I knew that there was a Hail Mary and, a, and our father, but the how it all evolved and what you all were doing and those prayers at the end, I had no idea what those were. So I did get a, a pamphlet. And so then having prayed with this priest who was kind of walking it through, it made more sense. And then I started also listening to um, Dr. Taylor Marshall has a radio program. And at the end of his program, he closes with, if you don't pray the rosary every day, you're not on the team. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that really struck me. And I'm, I am a very um, timid person, but I thought, okay, I can be on the team. Me on the team, yeah. so I started praying the rosary on the team and trying to go for every day. And then I saw you in church one day, mm-hmm. and this was probably around April, May. And I said, I want you to know that because I went to that rosary group where I had no idea what you all were doing, I am now trying to say the rosary every day. And that's when Lisa said, Well, why don't you say it with us? And I thought, Okay, I can do that, I'm in. <laughs> and so that's kind of how the journey has evolved. Um, just a random comment about be on the team and 
literally, I don't know why Our Lady of Rosary Crusade showed up in my YouTube feed, which I don't even look at very often, but there it was. Uh, Our Lady's amazing. I'll tell you, that rosary at my house, the first time we gathered, you ever have moments of just absolute clarity? Mm -hmm. (coughs) We were, I was standing, everyone was on my couch and we were talking and I just told everyone my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer at the time. And I just had a deep sense of knowing right there, this is what this house is for. This is, this is, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I knew it. And again, how we get called to it, we all know it's Our Lady. How that showed up on your YouTube. That's Our Lady. That's that how was, she works, yeah, right? Those was, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> so many times. I, you know, one thing I love about the rosary are signal graces, right? And it's basically that. Those things where you're like, well, that's kind of a coinkadink, ain't it? That, God uh, winks. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how powerful. And I remember seeing you at church, and she goes, I got to tell you really like this rosary. <laughs> I was like, all right. It, it helped heal a lot. It oh, really helped heal a lot. God bless you. Well, yeah. it's just been a joy watching you uh, grow in this devotion, and we're so grateful to have you share that experience. And and again, it's I see, you know, sometimes we can be nervous about what's going on, what's the future going to look like. But in every instance, Our Lady and Our Lord step in and give us the graces sufficient to move forward, you know, and to recognize that, that, you know, you're learning the rosary right before you go through this trial mm-hmm. of losing your husband, mm-hmm. right? And um, how, you know, Jesus himself provided for you through those meals. And yep. Beautiful. Yep. Well, thank you for sharing that. Okay, Miss Michelle, we have also with us Michelle Rahilly. Michelle, to be with you. I'm delighted to have you with us. Uh, we, Michelle and I actually went to... Carmel Catholic High School together for a year and a half. We drove a train down to the city one day. I still have pictures to show it. We had a fun day down in the city with some friends, and then she transferred. But um, years later, a mutual friend said, you know, you've got to follow our our friend on Facebook is Michelle Rahilly. She has such a faith. She just is a joy and a delight. And so I was so excited to reconnect with her. And then about a year and a half ago, I saw her at an event at a church, and I just couldn't stop hugging her. I was like, oh, Michelle, it's so great to see you. So, Michelle, I want to tell you, you are an absolute faith inspiration to me. You are bold, and you are beautiful, and you are filled with joy, and I want to know where that all comes from. Oh, I'm sitting across (laughs) from you thinking the same thing. No, I will say this with great humility. Uh, Years ago, I said to my dad, Dad, I just have, I'm so, so blessed to have the most extraordinary friends. And with great humility, I'm going to say, he said, it's a reflection of who you are. Mm. But I look to the Blessed Mother truly, and my own mother, and the example that she has set for us. I'm one of nine children, raised very humbly in Waukegan, Illinois. I'm the seventh um, of the children. There's five girls, four boys. And if I think of the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and Jesus in the hidden years. And we often wonder why, you know, why is there so much we don't know? I I feel like we live just a very quiet upbringing, but a faithful one. And my mom, mom, hi, if you're out there, I hope you tuned in. Uh, (laughs) I know you have your other stations that you listen to at this time, but nonetheless, my mother was just such an example of humility. And I see how she truly modeled the Blessed Mother. So well, we were raised Catholic and brought up in the sacraments, and some of us in the family had a had the opportunity to go to Catholic school, and we also participated in the public education. Um, 
there was just, uh, again, that, that humility with which my mother and my father both led us. Well, my father's a little more outspoken, but, but Mom, Janie did a great job of raising the children um, with a quiet, prayerful, trusting humility. And, you know, I think of even the Blessed Mother's Magnificat when the angel Gabriel came to her. Um, she was in prayer, and she was always pondering mm. things. When the angel came to her, she didn't question what would happen, but, you know, how is this that will happen? But she abandoned herself completely to him. So, you know, in, in that witness of the Blessed Mother silently, quietly being obedient and a model, and also recognizing that Jesus himself gave her to each and every one of us. We are the John. We're at the foot of the cross. And he gave his blessed mother to each of us. And I have a seven-year-old daughter, very blessed to be a mother. And uh, I often have said to her, I've drilled it into her head, honey, I am so not perfect, but your heavenly mother is. Mm -hmm. And it's so cute because Anastasia will say to me, as she did two days ago, and I said, I even asked her this morning off to school, now tell me what it is you say about me and the Blessed Mother. And she says, well, Mary's my number one. And, uh, <laughs> and you're my number two. But I tell you what, That's I'm so happy cute. to even be on the list, quite frankly. <laughs> well, let and, me tell yeah, you, Anastasia so. is such a, delo- a delight, a joy. Beautiful. And the other night, uh, Michelle and I met at Broken Mary to go see Kevin Matthews. And Anastasia was there, and she goes by Anastasia or by Pay. So, but yet she was wearing a smock with the letter M. Yeah. And I said, Anastasia, what? It, it's not an A or a P. She said, oh, it's M for Mary. Yeah. It was her cousin's smock that she wore in yeah. honor of Our Lady. And she's a very special girl. Even Kevin Matthews was like, wow, that little girl, something special. Thank you. Gosh, she, I think she was hopping for joy when she received his book, right? And his... His, his autograph, his special message to her. But and, and a lot of that is because she loves the Blessed Mother. She just loves the Blessed Mother. So I think if we could mm-hmm. instill that in our children even, you know, I learned from her. I learned from my own mother. I learned from the Blessed Mother. But I, I learned from my daughter. And, and I asked her this morning, honey, what is it that you love so, so much about Mother Mary? And he said, because Jesus... Jesus chose her. Mm-hmm. Jesus would have only selected and chosen and made his mother so perfect, right? So that's kind of how we speak and we talk and we try to live at home. Again, very humbly, but acknowledging we are nothing without our Lord. And everything um, about his mother is a reflection of him. So if we can go to Jesus through Mary, it's just as perfect choreography and unity that they have one an, with one another, that she continually brings us back to him, which is the ultimate goal. And so she's reflecting him, he's reflecting her, and I'm like, what a, what a perfect life that is. I was so blessed to have 18 and a half years of marriage to a wonderful man, um, Kurt, who's now in heaven and interceding on our behalf, but he had such a devotion to the Blessed Mother. And even when um, he was, you know, on his last hours, which we didn't know they were going to be after battling um, cancer for 18 months. He did it so heroically, and he, he remained devoted to the rosary. I'm holding his rosary in my hand right now. And we had a practice of 
saying so many, um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which I love, 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 the Holy Rosary, but there was something so profound in the words of my husband that prior to his passing, when we would, we would kind of historically go and pray the Hail Mary, Our Father, Glory Be as a little three set of prayer, but there was a point on those last days before our Lord called him home that he would say to me, Michelle, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, like he just wanted the Hail Mary. That's what he was focused on. And I read um, just recently in regards to here we celebrated on Sunday also the feast name of the Holy Mother of God. And I was reading in it, and I had never read this before, but uttering the word of the words, the, the name of Mary prior to your passing is just so, so significant. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't know that my husband was ever taught that, right? But again, I think, you know, when, when we have a relationship, when we build a relationship, and how do we do it, but through prayer and conversation and inviting others into our lives. So the Blessed Mother is always there, but we need to also invite her and never think that uttering the Hail Marys are simply monotonous. I know sometimes people think like, oh, another one, another one. Well, I, I tell you what, I love it when my daughter tells me, I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Oh. Or my husband would say, I love you. So I think when I look at the Hail Mary, it is a prayer that is it's it, it transcends time and it and it it unites that veil between heaven and earth and when we think of it hail mary full of grace we're giving her again a name and acknowledging the grace that our lord has given her um, the lord is with thee that's present he wasn't with her he is with her and when we invite her into our lives she's with us right so the lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women you know, she is blessed, and the fruit of her womb, that is Jesus himself, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners. That's what we are, right? We're striving for holiness. We want to elevate our lives and desire the holy and the eternal. But now and at the hour of our, our death, amen. So be with us now and be with us at the time of our death. And coming back to Kurt, I saw that lived in, in his witness and in his suffering and just how it, 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 it was just such a sweet love letter from God that in him I saw the Blessed Mother's presence and that she was with him and ready to just bring him home, you know, so. I don't think Beautiful. there's a, a soul untouched in hearing this witness. I, a couple things that struck me as you say this is a lot of times, uh, Amy will pray during the rosary, you know, let's place it at the foot of the cross. Mm. Place it at the foot of the cross. You've heard that phrase so many times. Who's at the foot of the cross? Our Lady, yeah. right? People yes. say, why do you go to Mary? Because she's always at the foot of the cross. And I learned that when Jesus was crucified, she never took her eyes off him for a second. And I feel like you and your faith and your joy in spite of your struggles, that's what inspired me and drew me. I was like, I need to to grow in friendship with Michelle I, because I need people like this with this kind of faith and joy and hope in their life despite some of the worst tragedies, right? And I, I know that story is inspiring everybody listening and you inspire all of us just in sharing that. We did a beautiful thing as a group that I think really helped to grow us together in prayer where we all shared kind of our life 
stories, our journeys. And it was kind of like when you were hooked on a Netflix series. You were like, who's going today? Who's going to share their story? So it's like, I mean, our participation in the rosary, some days we'd get six, some days we'd get 15. I mean, it was like 20 some people on FaceTime every day. We're like, did I miss it? You know, we try and record it. But truly, even your Facebook was a witness that um, you know, my dad was diagnosed with the same cancer that Kurt had. Yes. And so I felt like you and I, you know, were walking a similar journey in that. And you gave me such strength and inspiration and in that your joy in suffering. And that's what Our Lady does. You know, she she suffers with us. She when we are sad, she's sad. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the term microchimera, but uh, it's a medical process. Whereas when you are pregnant, those cells of your child can be found within your body the rest of your life. Mm. So whether you carried the child to term or not, those cells are always within you. So, uh, and in a mystical way, I know pay is also with you in that beautiful way. But that's why demons flee at the name of Mary, because she always carries Jesus with her. Um, So you're just a beautiful, uh, beautiful faith example. And I'm so honored to be able to pray with you and to call you my friend. Thanks be to God and the Blessed Mother, right? May we all think my soul magnifies the Lord. Thank you. You're you're a grace and a blessing. And uh, it's all because we offer it up to our Lord, right? Let it Amen. let it reflect his goodness. So well, and in you. honor of your mother, I had the joy oh. of sitting down with your dear mom, and I mean, it was like one of those magical moments. <laughs> she, Michelle came over, and her mom came by to bring her a snack, I think, and yes. so she came in, and we got to have a lovely visit. And I'll and just then never I left you with her. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I could just put her in my pocket. She's the cutest, right. sweetest. But what really struck me, I mean, her joy, her sincere humble joy and pretty much every other sentence out of her mouth she was pointing up and praising god mm-hmm. always praising looking up thank you god thank you god any anything we had to talk about thank you god i mean what a what a witness in that you know one hour that i got to spend in my life it was a life-changing moment so so you. you know our mothers are they lead us to the heavenly mother yeah. right uh, it's a beautiful beautiful thing Well, thank you, Michelle, for sharing. And now we have Amy Benjamin. Amy and I talk on the phone for hours at a time, and sometimes we, like, solve the world's problems. And so we'd always joke that we had a radio program. That's what she started telling Angela. She'd be like, thanks for listening today, and we solved all your problems. And this is Amy (laughs) Benjamin signing off. We used to... Uh, at a different stage in our life, we talked on the phone when they, I think when the kids were younger, oh, right? Yeah. And we'd be like, blah, 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 and Jesus, and blah, 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 <laughs> and Jesus. And I'd be like, we should do a radio show called Amy and Lisa Talk About Whatever They Want. <laughs> but we'll talk about Jesus the whole time. So, Angela, you know, dreams do come true. Here we are. <laughs> well, and, and I'm hanging on to Lisa's ways. Oh, no. Amy's the one. Through life. And... So blessed, I thank God every day for Lisa. Well, we're talking right back at you, sister. We're, we're, um, Amy and I were talking, and she was saying how she, and you'll hear this as she shares some of her faith background, but her parents took her to Mass every day, and she said, well, someday, you know, when my youngest goes off to school, I'll start going to daily Mass again. And I was like, <laughs> huh, whoa, that's really interesting. I never would have thought of that. I thought, like, really, really holy, nice people went to Mass every day. <laughs> and I'm not and one I of didn't those. think I was one of them. But I was like, well, I'll try it. I don't know. So I went. Our kids, our youngest are best mm-hmm. friends since they were born, basically. And I would go. And then the days I didn't go, I, I told myself, I'm only going to go out of love. 
I am not going to go out of guilt. This is not something I have to do. It's something I should only do out of love. Love is the only pure motivation. But the days I didn't go, I was like ornery. And I, by the end of the day, off. I was like, ar, 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 like I needed it. Yeah. Cracked my back or something, an adjustment. Yeah. The day just didn't go well. And yeah. I learned that I need our Lord in yeah. the Holy Eucharist. So, I mean, I could just thank you for all of eternity oh, for turning me on to that that's grace. That's my parents. And that's that I did. Well, Walter and, and Nicoletta did And I'm that. so yeah. excited for you to share yeah. their beautiful story. Yeah. And one more thing I do want to say. When we pray our rosary, and I encourage all of you to do this, we always invite our deceased loved ones to pray with us. Linda's husband, Kurt, my dad, right? All of our, all mm. of our, your parents. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing that our non-denominational brothers and sisters don't have is the sense of family. I'm Italian, and Italians, and Angela's Italian. We're all about family. We're all about the meal, coming together for the meal, being together as a family, right? And when we honor our Blessed Mother, because she's the queen of our family, it's not that she's God, she's the queen of our family. Jesus is our king, right? And so, and we are all brothers and sisters united through Christ. Yeah. So to, to invite, and I encourage you, you know, ask your, ask your deceased loved ones to well, pray with the, you. They're at the altar. They're at the altar with Jesus and Mary. And I, I feel it when I'm at mass. I feel it. I, when I do um, our father and I put my hand out, I, if you see, I'm clutching my hand cause I'm holding my mom and my dad oh. and I can feel them with us with me there and um the communion yeah the communion mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah so it's great so, so tell me about these awesome parents so yeah so i grew up in a very catholic um devout uh, family in barrington illinois and um my my father walter claffey was born in 1918 and my mother nicoletta vestola was born in 1921, and they were married in 1944 during World War II. Um, my father was in the army, and because he spoke French, they um, put him over in France. And um, he took a truck which uh, over to Belgium. He was stationed in Belgium, and that's where he was for a long time. And he's got some funny. Uh, he had some funny war stories about that trip, but that's for another segment, Angela. Um, and so on a short leave while he was there, he came over um, and married the love of his life, my mother. And um, both my parents grew up in Catholic families. My father was Irish, my mother obviously Italian. And uh, mass was very important to them, as well as the rosary, saying the rosary. So I have um, three brothers and two sisters, and I am the youngest. And um, I was teased all the time, you know, I was the baby, I was the baby. But um, I really feel like because of my, you know, um, being the baby, being that last and and watching, you know, not only my siblings, but my parents be devoted Catholic parents and how they parented and how they parented me um, grew, our relationship grew and when, um, you know, I was a young adult in high school and was rebelling, but our relationship was growing as as I became a young adult and married. You know, it turned into a you know a, a solid relationship with them. That um, you know, I don't think some of my other siblings got. So I was truly blessed to to be at home. Um, all my siblings were hurried uh, in a hurry to get out. I was not. Mm-hmm. I stayed at home and, and watched them. And 
that relationship with my parents grew into we were best friends. Mm. Um, and and did everybody go to mass with your parents in the morning, or did no? Was that just yeah. the privilege again, for the youngest? Again, because I was the youngest, yeah. and I think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out. But did you guys ever pray the rosary together as a family? We weren't a big. You know, the Bible was out, but it wasn't like we said that we would only talk about the Bible so much during um, Advent and okay. Lent. We would take the Bible out and talk then, and we would read from then. Oh. But we weren't big Bible. They weren't like you got to read the Bible, or they wouldn't make us say the rosary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would at St. Anne's. I would. But in Carmel, right? Um, I think a little at Carmel. Did we remember. say the rosary at Carmel? We should have. <laughs> All in God's time. Carmel, Carmel people <laughs> say the rosary. Hey, Carmel, by the way, is building a rosary. Uh, they're encircling the entire campus with a rosary walk. So it's awesome. We're all getting there. It's yeah. going to be. We're going to be the ones to christen it. I think. I think we're going to have to. Beautiful. So, I can't wait. So, so tell me more about your your dad and the rosary. I know you said you used to work yeah. with him. And well, so to back up a little bit. So, um, when my dad was still in the army, there one of these letters that I have here, um, fourteen hundred love letters between the both of them. Um, one of the letters um, I remember reading talked about that. Um, uh, you know, while my dad was stationed over in Belgium, you know, one phone you know, in the whole place, the old fashioned phones and, you know, international calling. So he had to wait in line on a Sunday for two to three hours. He missed mass. So he gets on the phone and he's talking to my mom and he's like, I hope God forgives me for missing mass today, but I'll make sure to say the rosary later. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and going back to, you know, both my parents were, since I can remember, um, daily morning mass goers every single morning they wouldn't miss they'd even go on a Saturday and I remember as I got older I'm like can they do because we'd go to five o'clock mass mm. at St. Anne's I'm like they got the, the Eucharist twice there can they do that and they can't you know and then I found out yes it's yeah. it's all good <laughs> um, so but before you know school at St. Anne's um, we'd go to 8 a.m. mass and then after mass at 8.30, I'd literally walk 20 feet to the school door. It's different now, Michelle, right? Like, yes. yeah, it's way different. <laughs> I was married there and had all my sacraments there, but um, would walk across, go to school. Um, and then in high school and college, I worked for my father. And he would, um, we would go to 6 a.m. mass, or I should say I had to go to 6 a.m. mass, right? And then after that, we would be on our way to, Carp- his work was in Carpentersville, and it was about a 20, 30-minute drive. And I can still visualize this day of being in the car with him on the way into work. And he always had a rosary on him. He always had a rosary in his pocket. And he'd take the rosary out of his pocket and dangle it on the steering wheel. And as we drove into work, you know, he would recite you know, the rosary, rosary every day. Um, another rosary story is when my father died, um, he happened to die on... Father's Day, and I know um, it seems weird for me to maybe say this, but I loved the fact that he died on Father's Day because it symbolizes to me what, you know, he was the greatest father for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the hospital at Good Shepherd Hospital, and it was getting close to midnight, and they brought us over to the computer, and they were like, you know, here's what's, we didn't know what was happening. We're like, what's happening? And they're like, we don't know. He's like, 
all of his he's shutting down he's shutting down he's ready to go and i'm like all right they're like but we're gonna we're gonna keep him make sure he's you know past midnight so he doesn't die on father's day and i go no 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 don't Mm -hmm. don't do that let him go let him go when you know god calls him let him go and he died on he died right at midnight and it was beautiful we were all around him holding hands Mm -hmm. We were, I held his hand and watched him, you know, be born into eternal life, and um, it was beautiful. We all prayed. We prayed that our Father and the Hail Mary, and, and it was beautiful. But I'm going to back up to those love letters real quick. Um, that um, another, a, another gift is that um, when my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she was dealing with that, and my, my dad had a, you know, obviously we had a really tough time with that, and they were married for 64 years before he passed away. But um, he, um, we didn't know about a little secret box in the attic. And, but my dad knew exactly where it was at. And <laughs> the only one who could get to it was my tiny little niece, Caitlin. So he had her go up to the attic, retrieve this secret box, and bring it down. And lo and behold, I've got some letters here, 1,400 love letters between them see the airmail on that wow. so wow. yeah so it's it's a love story right here that I hope to you know make into a book one day and I used to tease back in the day when Oprah was on I'm like maybe we'll be on Oprah but now I'm on Angela which is even better <laughs> <laughs> well and I want to make an analogy I always like making corny analogies but you know every Hail Mary we talked about the sorrowful mother and every Hail Mary wipes away her tears right and someday when we pass on, hopefully we'll be able to crawl into the attic and, and see all the yeah. love letters that we wrote to her with right. our rosaries, right? right? We'll right. be able to see this big but, pile yeah. of love. But yeah, I love that we have the written proof here, right here mm-hmm. in this, you know, in my box at home. And I brought a little bit here for you guys to see, but written proof of the love they had for each other and the love they had for God was right here awesome yeah well let's and wrap this up with, yeah and i want to know about their rings What's, yeah what was inscribed in their rings. so lastly the rings that i wear every day i've got them here they're gold bands um so inscribed in each of them were Ms. Pa, m-i-z-p-a-h and it's um from genesis 39 through 49 and it reads god keep watch between you and me when we are absent from one another and just another token and you know that was kind of a secret too we didn't really know that I, didn't. I remember when you and I were on the phone and you said, I don't know, it's Ms. Pa, Ms. Yeah. Pa, you know, Ms. Yeah. Pa. And I you said, probably looked pa? it up for me. I yeah. looked it up and I See, said, I'm may the Lord under watch her over wings. us. Well, that was, uh, yeah. no, that was just but a just curiosity. Another, I asked too many questions, but. Another token of their faith that they had for one another and for God. So truly blessed my whole life. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks, Angela, for having me on. I love you. And are you going to be reading one of those letters now? No. No. Well, if we We're have time at the end, let's make sure that okay. we get to Patty and okay. our consecration. And if there's time, yeah. maybe we can uh, How could we let this day go open. by? I'm you might want to start flipping are while long, I... Are they long, Amy? Are they long, long, pour um, your heart out letters? Or are they kind of get right to the punch? Oh, my God. They're gorgeous. Oh, you've got to publish. This is gorgeous. I know. Isn't it yeah. amazing? I, I, um, Carmel had a series real quick with Jen who came... And did that, what was it called again, Lise? Jen Lise? Kramer. Jen um, Kramer came to Carmel and did the spiritual. Year of Love. Year of Love. Year of Love, where she posted on Facebook, right? Every day, 
somebody and what was special about yeah. them. And, and I remember that was that aha moment I had sitting in the audience. I'm like, oh. And I was like, kids, you have to help me do this. I'm going to publish a letter every day on like either Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, so that was kind of my thought. And it's still kind of my niece, Marissa, is like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And oh, the world she said she was right going to help me do that. So, you know, love, it, love heals everything, right? The love, world is divided yeah. right now. And love is the only thing that's going to bring always us back wins. together. Amen. Well, thanks, Amy. I'm delighted. The first time I met her parents, her mom had Alzheimer's and her dad was doting so lovingly on her mom. And it was just the most beautiful witness. I'll never forget it. So I'm grateful to them for bringing me my bestie, best, best. They're the one, They're wonderful. Oh, Jesus, grateful. we trust in you. Amen. Okay, moving on. We have Patty Cartwright. It's it's so hard being last. In speech class, I was like, can I go first and get it over with? <laughs> so here we are. I'm last sure. but not least, and my mom's going to be with us, too. Um, okay, so Patty, you mentioned to me that you always knew, even from childhood, that the rosary is a weapon. Can yes. you talk about that? Always, yes. Yes, I, too, come from a family of seven, I, and I'm the youngest, and um, I had the Ooh. blessing, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but a little different because my mother, when I was five, um, she had left my father, um, fled from an abusive relationship to protect um, us, her kids, and herself. And so um, with that, there was a kind of a, a brokenness that kind of came along with, the, with it. Um, I didn't, you know, I had an absent father and it affected my relationship with Jesus I, and our Holy Father. I really couldn't um, really see him as my, my Heavenly Father. I saw him as God and something kind of far away, unreachable. But Our Lady of Guadalupe was always dear to our family and to our heart. And when my mother had, um, we were without, um, not enough of, you know, food or, or clothes or, or whatever, my mother would always say, God will provide. And she really instilled that strong faith within my heart that God provides, and he always did. And we had miracles happen all the time. So that's when I really, really developed that, that deep faith. But with the, um, the brokenness, there was some darkness that I could feel around our home and in our end and uh, in our family. And so... I, I always knew as a very little girl, whenever I felt that the darkness that mm -hmm. I couldn't really explain, mm -hmm. I knew to grab the rosary and to just mm. say one Hail Mary and one Our Father and the darkness would flee and I felt safe. Mm. And I always had the sacramentals next to my bed because that would, it w sometimes it would come in my dreams where I would have nightmares and I had the holy water and my rosary in my hand around my neck sleeping as a child. And every time a Hail Mary, an Our Father, it would flee. Wow. It was powerful. Beautiful. Very powerful. Did your mom pray the rosary with you? Did she tell me about your devotion to Our Lady Guadalupe? Well, we didn't pray the rosary. We went to Sunday Mass. Mm -hmm. um, we did not read the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so we were, you know, now now as an adult, we weren't really grounded in the Word. Mm -hmm. um, the Holy Mass is absolutely beautiful, but 
hearing the word of the Lord once a week isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, Our Lady, but Our Lady was always there in our lives as a strong, strong um, protection. Also, um, St. Michael the Archangel is a strong protection. So we always went to, to Our Lady um, whenever we needed that source of strength and protection and perseverance. And you actually felt the Virgin Mary call you to pray, did you not? Yes, I did. Um, again, when I, you know, sometimes you don't know when you're, you're, when you're um, walking away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I, I have such great love for him uh, but sometimes, you know, life kind of leads us astray. And whenever that would happen, Mother Mary would put in my mm-hmm. heart three simple words, pray the rosary. And I ignored her thinking, what are you talking about? This is so long. I don't have time. I fall asleep. And I left it at that. And I didn't listen. But our our lady is a patient and loving mama. And she she just put in... She put a fire in my heart to love Jesus, her son, and to develop an intimate relationship with him. And I didn't know how. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. So then I would ask her, like, how? And again, I would hear those words, pray the rosary. And stubborn as I was, (laughs) I didn't believe it was that easy. And I didn't even think saying the rosary was easy. So I didn't. But she continued to put in my heart a fire to not only build a relationship with with her son, but to read the Bible. And again, I was intimidated because the Mm -hmm. Bible is huge, (laughs) as we all know, and I didn't know where to start. So a third time, Our Lady added one more word to her message to me, pray the rosary daily. And as if saying the rosary, one rosary wasn't hard enough, <laughs> she, she, now she wanted me to say it daily. <laughs> so, third time's a charm, right? The third time I listened. And little did I know that Our Lady was really answering my prayers, all of them. As soon as I started to say the rosary, the scriptural rosary daily, and it was during the pandemic, which saved me, I developed an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And I was able to heal that brokenness that I spoke about before because I was able to develop this relationship with him. And how can we really build relationships with others? We get to know their lives. Mm. And the scriptural rosary really led me to Jesus' life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, the miracles that he performed, the messages, the grace, the mercy, the love that he has for all of us. We're all in the the scriptural rosary. The stories are all there. And it was so beautiful and intimate. And And he healed me. And he was healing me slowly and slowly and profoundly by, by, by introducing people in my life. I prayed for faithful friends, and here I'm sitting in a room full of them. I mean, he answers what he needed me to open up to him, to heal. And when I knew that I was falling away from him in the beginning, before, he was able, I was able to see clearly. I went straight to confession, mm-hmm. went straight to confession, and I was absolved of my sins. 
And then I, di I didn't look back. It's like the plow. When you're moving forward, you can't look back. And so, so I was even able to identify God as my heavenly father. And so this, and, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that in the past because of, of the brokenness and the absence of my, my earthly father. But now I know that I only have one father, the eternal and heavenly father. And he is the one who's always been with me throughout my life, throughout my struggles and pain. And then I realized also, as I said, that the scriptural rosary is biblical. So I am reading the Bible while I'm saying it. And, and, um, and, and like I said, it was just all so organic, the way it all happened in my life. Um, one step led to another, led to another. Um, so it truly is amazing how the rosary is an all-in-one prayer. And I want to affirm, when Patty started praying with us, uh, prior to her joining us, and I think I asked you at Mass one day, I don't even remember how, honestly, it, I feel sometimes it's like the Wizard of Oz, like, hey, we got the line. The, <laughs> all these people just kind of come along to show up, you know, to pray the rosary on this golden walk, <laughs> the brick-laid walk we have here to Our Lady. <laughs> And to our Lord. But um, it is, it's funny because a lot of times, like, even when I hosted at my house, I was like, I don't know that person. Like, <laughs> did you invite them? Did you? And it doesn't matter because you know God brings them. Our Lady calls us. She draws us to her son. So occasionally we would do the scriptural rosary. Mm -hmm. But I have this weird thing where I'm always like, oh, I feel bad. Like when I would fundraise for school, we would go to, to different places and ask for donations. So I would buy out the store and then ask for a donation because I, I don't like asking people for things. So same with the rosary. I was like, oh, I kind of feel bad. It's like a time commitment, and I feel bad asking people to pray the whole rosary and add the scriptural. Well, Patty joined, and she yeah. just did it. She banged it out, and I can't tell you how fruitful. When, when yes. I was so grateful that you shared that because the fruits of it are immense. It's the powerhouse of... That, that's the whole purpose of praying the rosary, is to get to know our Lord. And I also want to affirm that you knew to go to confession. Mm. Um, people, I used to be scared. I didn't go to confession for like 20 years. And then I went, and I was so scared. And now I'm like, I can't wait to go. <laughs> it's like taking the best. I always say it's like taking the, the shower after you have your baby, when you're yes. like, I am so dirty. <laughs> like, I need a shower. <laughs> it's free therapy. God bless our priests. I can't imagine God gives them the grace to walk around, right, with a smile on their face, knowing like all of our, and they let it go. They, you know, just you, like Jesus does. And have you noticed that once you walk in the light, you can't hold you can't on to back. the sin. You can't go long. back. You can't hold on to the sin long. And so, the, my desire to go to confession gr is grown substantially because I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, oh, that doesn't feel right inside. Like what you were saying earlier, when you miss yep. mass, there's just something missing. And, and, and speaking of Mass, like once I became closer and closer to Jesus, he wanted me to thirst for him as much as he thirsts for me. Mm -hmm. And and so I started wanting daily reflection, but that wasn't enough. He wanted it all, so now that now I attend daily Mass. And, and even the daily Mass, each reading, each gospel, each homily, it's like another healing. It's another mm -hmm. insight. And now that, that there's so much clarity and, and that darkness is, is, is really gone. I know, I'm equipped, I have the tools, I have the weapon, and I have the relationship with Christ. And that's all that he wants from all of us, each and every one of us. 
is just to have it's not an outside he's over there kind of mm -hmm. thing no he's here within me I am his temple the temple of the Holy Spirit he's walking with me hand in hand how you can feel your mother and your father yes. he's right there yeah. so so I don't feel this separation anymore and I don't feel this brokenness anymore it's amazing I just, Patty, you are, again, one of those people in my life where I'm like, wow, am I blessed. It's God so good to put such a holy and, and faith-filled and inspiring person in my path. So I'm just grateful, very, very grateful for God bringing us Believe together. Believe no, this is all God's plan. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Amen. Um, uh, you know, I, even this morning in the shower, I don't know why I was thinking about this. Like, think about the phrase oh my gosh, I'm just dying to go try that thing out or I'm dying to go do this, right? I'm just like, it's kind of a weird phrase. Why do we say that? Oh, I'm dying to I'm do living. this. You're no oh, group, right? But Jesus is dying to get, to, to be close to us. Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, right? He, he's, he's, he, every day that we, when we go to mass, he is on the cross. He is reliving that sacrifice for our redemption. He adores us so much that he would die to love us. And yet we, you know, all, all we have to do is respond to that love. The, the only appropriate response to love is love. There's no other appropriate response, right? He is love, and our only appropriate response is to love him in return. So um, I want to encourage everyone now to make a consecration to the Blessed Mother. And if we have time, we will also do the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary after. But my dear, dear mother is going to lead us. This is the consecration written by St. Maximilian Kolbe, which Marytown is the shrine of him. He died in Auschwitz. He gave his life in return for another man's life. Um, so he's a martyr and a wonderful saint, a wonderful intercessor, especially if you're going to confession. Say a little prayer to St. Maximilian uh, on your way in. He's wonderful, wonderful saint and intercessor so we'll go ahead and start with my my awesome mother rosemary tagley thanks mom solemn act of consecration O immaculate queen of heaven and earth refuge of sinners and our most loving mother god has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to you i an unworthy sinner cast myself at your feet humbly imploring you to take me with all that i am and have holy to yourself as your possession and property. Please make of me, of all my powers of soul and body, of my whole life, death, and eternity, whatever pleases you. If it pleases you, use all that I am and have without reserve, holy to accomplish what has been said of you. She will crush your head, and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the whole world. Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate and most merciful hands for introducing and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls and thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For wherever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and sanctification since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. Allow me to praise you, O most holy virgin. Give me strength against your enemies. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have, Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. 
God the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of Divine Grace, pray for us. Mother Most Pure, pray for us. Mother Most Chaste, pray for us. Mother Inviolate, pray for us. Mother Undefiled, pray for us. Mother Most Amiable, pray for us. Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. Mother of Good Counsel, pray for us. Mother of our Creator, pray for us. Mother of our Savior, pray for us. Virgin Most Prudent, pray for us. Virgin Most Venerable, pray for us. Virgin Most Renowned, Pray for us. Virgin most powerful. Pray for us. Virgin most merciful. Pray for us. Virgin most faithful. Pray for us. Mirror of justice. Pray for us. Seat of wisdom. Pray for us. Cause of our joy. Pray for us. Spiritual vessel. Pray for us. Vessel of honor. Pray for us. Singular vessel of devotion. Pray for us. Mystical rose. Pray for us. Tower of David. Pray for us. Tower of Ivory. Pray for us. House of Gold. Pray for us. Ark of the Covenant. Pray for us. Gate of Heaven. Pray for us. Morning Star. Pray for us. Health of the Sick. Pray for us. Refuge of Sinners. Pray for us. Comforter of the Afflicted. Pray for us. Help of a Christians, pray for us. Queen of Angels, pray for us. Queen of Patriarchs, pray for us. Queen of Prophets, pray for us. Queen of Apostles, pray for us. Queen of Martyrs, pray for us. Queen of Confessors, pray for us. Queen of Virgins, pray for us. Queen of All Saints, pray for us. Queen conceived without original sin, pray for us. Queen assumed into heaven. Pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary. Pray for us. Queen of Peace. Pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Grant, O Lord God, we beseech thee, that we thy servants may rejoice in continual health of mind and body, and through the glorious intercession of Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, may be freed from present sorrow and enjoy eternal gladness through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, that was just, you know, I forgot to take a break. Lisa kept emailing me and texting me, telling me where the breaks are, so we have enough time. I completely forgot. I didn't ask anybody to call in, so we have a lot of reparation on hand, don't we? So, Lisa, what's that number that people can call and support oh, Catholic yes. Radio? Please do call and support the great work that they're doing here, 224-206-8455, or online, wsficatholicradio.org. And one of your biggest fans was texting Kevin Sullivan. Oh, oh we what do you think about him. what do you think about Kevin and Crystal? Kevin and Crystal, they're like, they're like a celebrity couple. <laughs> I <laughs> are. I remember when they came to your house, Lisa. Yeah. Do you remember when Just they came? Recently? No, no, a while ago. Oh, years ago. Remember yeah. when they to came the group. to the Rosary Group? Yeah. 
in the like kind of the begin not the begin maybe the middle phase. Yeah, yeah. And I I was like, oh man, I better like dress up and like be on my best behavior because they're they're amazing. It's like a celebrity. They're amazing. Well, Kevin is one of our token two males, including Amy's husband, Greg Benjamin. We always say, okay, women <laughs> and two men. <laughs> isn't he? The, he's like Saint Joseph, isn't he? He, he is. They are just a joy and, and a delight. And the grandchildren, the way he is oh. with the grandchildren. I mean, and they yeah. push him around. Oh, it's grand. Yeah. And they let yeah. him. Yeah, the little yeah. girls are like little crystals, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, and Crystal, I say, is a lot like my mom. She just has that sunny, joyful disposition. Yeah. Uh, and when she had cancer, the funniest thing, I mean, I shouldn't say it was funny, but yeah. it was funny. I'm getting these pictures. It's She has no hair. And she's pointing to her head. <laughs> and she's laughing her ass. She's so beautiful, isn't she? Oh, she's beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah, she's yeah. bald. And, and, and she's pointing and her head yeah. and laughing and smiling oh and waving. And what a fantastic attitude she I has. I walked up to her after Mass and I said, Crystal, I heard. And I started crying. She goes, oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's all good. I'm going to be just fine. And I was like, okay. And then, actually, I was going for a mammogram. And I was with Amy and Crystal. And Crystal, and I said, oh, I shouldn't complain. I hate going for a mammogram. But you know, I shouldn't complain to these two. And Crystal said, no, 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 this woman told me when I had my breast cancer, get ready for the miracles. And she mm -hmm. said, and that's exactly how it was. Um, it was miracle after miracle, so. Yeah, oh, very powerful. And we have Carrie Groth, who's in our rosary group, too. How's Carrie doing? She's just amazing. She's amazing. Is she's she? an amazing young woman. Yes, she's so, beautiful. She's like a little Joan of Arc, isn't she? She so is. Courageous. She is. That's a she good analogy. She is scooping up very souls good. left and right, I'm telling you. I told yeah. her, game on, like, come on, it's a contest. <laughs> Yeah. Let's bring people to our Lord. I mean, she, that's all that she lives for. It's, she's amazing. An amazing woman. She really I just is. find it so amazing that Libertyville, what a name, huh? The Center yeah. of Liberty. Right. Yeah. That God has put such powerful witnesses in women, especially the women. Well, mm -hmm. and we have, think about it, we have the seminary, we have Marytown with perpetual adoration. That that perpetual, the graces of our Lord goes out beyond those concrete walls, and they spread to our community. And the and I feel like the culmination of years and years of devotion, 24 hours a day to our Lord, that can't be without effect, right? And that's my sanity saver, that place. I walk right. the dogs there every day during the mm -hmm. pandemic. And they used to have the handmaids, I don't know, do you remember the handmaids of the precious blood? No. Oh, Lisa, what I can't begin to tell you about that. Well, they're not there anymore. They were these nuns. That's how we got this radio station. Wow. They were in adoration constantly. They were started by Father John Harden for troubled priests. And they would pray. Sister Angela Rose would pray every day in front of the Eucharist. Do you remember them? The I Handmaids do. of Precious I Blood? My, and my Where brother, are they? My brother's blessed they have the property now. <gasps> That's so, your brother? Yeah. Oh, Wait, so, wow. That's yeah. where we wanted. So, they had that chapel. I used to go over know, there. Wait, ground, where's the property? Where is this property? Oh, it's, you'd love it. It's on uh, Petite Lake in Antioch. Oh. So, oh, wait. And so that's six. where the nuns... I'm sorry, Miss. I'm that. like, do I give the address? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'll visit your brother. <laughs> <laughs> holy ground. Well, Maybe we have to take a little pilgrimage. Holy, holy ground. Oh, and wow. and in that property. there, and mm -hmm. yes. But you're right, Lisa. Even when you mention adoration, the power of the adoration chapels is, you know, God does His work there, right? Oh, when the people come so and peaceful. pray. Also on mm -hmm. that property, I don't know. Are you familiar with that Rosa Mystica statue? Mm -hmm. So on that property, that Father Jay was there years. Is it Jay? He had the he had the weeping statue. I have a Rosa Mystica statue out there in the um, hallway, in the entranceway. But a lady was appearing and she was crying over priests, oh. the apostasy of her priests, mm -hmm. with all the 
um, arrows. Yes. All the arrows. Seven. Um, that they would betray her and her son. Well, she came to here, to Chicago, and she was at St. John of God. That statue was at St. John of God, and it was weeping. Wow. And Cardinal Bernadine said, oh, it's phony. It's not weeping. It's like, how can it not be weeping? He was, she was at St. John of God. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people could see the tears. How is she not weeping? But they didn't like the message. Mm -hmm. They didn't oh. like the message about what was going on in the mm -hmm. church, Humbling, so they tried right? to shut it up. So this Father Jay took that statue and rescued it, and he had it on the property there at the Handmaids of the Precious Blood. He just recently, he recently died. But they spent their whole time, it's a Rosa Mystica devotion, and they pray, and it's a, it's a devotion to pray for priests because the priests were in such trouble. And even now, like the past few days, going through this, trying to get everyone to consecrate themselves to Our Ladies, the people who have to consecrate themselves the most, I'm convinced, to Our Lady is the priests. Mm -hmm. The priests have got to get back to consecrate themselves to her Immaculate Heart because mm -hmm. that will change everything, won't it? Mm -hmm. And we pray yes. for the Pope, the priests, the mm -hmm. bishops, the clergy, for their holiness, for our holiness every day. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. They need our prayers. I mean, say they need the prayers. without the priests. Even the worst priest that ever lived brings us, consecrates the host. Yes. We can't do it ourselves. So thank God, mm -hmm. thank you, Jesus, for your holy priests, because without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to receive him. Body, blood, and look soul, at the power of a right? great priest. Like, look at Father Michael Grizzick, who's coming on. Do you all know Father oh, Grizzick? Yeah. When is he going to be on? He's on today at 1 o'clock. Well, really? Be oh, tuned in for sure. Yeah, oh, I mean, look at what one holy priest Absolutely. can do. I mean, mm -hmm. he's like a magnet. Mm -hmm. He's just like a yeah. magnet for everybody. We he are craving truth. We're, we're craving what the church offers. We are craving the goodness, the beauty, and the truth. And Father Charlie Becker was on yesterday. Yes. And he actually had his conversion through my friend Jenny who introduced me to the rosary through Our Lady Medjugorje her neighbors were the ones that took Father Becker to Medjugorje wow the one he was talking about is yeah I didn't oh. get to catch him yesterday but I hope I can hear the podcast I I love Father Becker he's such a dear man and so he was talking about his friends though that took okay him yes, to, yes. So I think the Vanderbosches right yes the yes yes so they're friends with my friend Jenny she was Jenny Irvin but our cousin Debbie Spada gave him she had a weeping statue and she gave the statue to Father Charlie Becker. Um, so, and that, that played a role. And, and our cousin Debbie comes here to, to the mm -hmm. station quite a bit. She's a supporter. And uh, he would talk about how that statue would be in a car, like they'd all get in a cab and go somewhere. And the smell of roses mm. <laughs> would just like blow you away and say, she's here, she's in the car. Isn't that amazing? Amy and I experienced that, Our Lady we of Good Help. That. No. And Amy cannot smell. Like yeah. she literally, I'm always like, do you smell yeah, that? Do you smell? She's like, no, no I, I can't smell. She smelled it. I don't have No, no, COVID. no. She never could smell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she was born with COVID. I, yeah. It's a big yeah. blessing. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But we smelled it at, um, in Palatine with Fa Father Becker. Oh, and I was going to say the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help when we just went. Oh, but we were outside. It, okay, yeah. Yes. You know, we brought Kyle Clement to Carrie's house, Carrie Grunt's oh, house yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah. And I was in the kitchen there. And I think Roz was the Ethiopi. Okay. We all smelled the roses. It was yeah. unbelievable. It was like, I thought it was Roz. I said, Roz, <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> she always beautiful and glamorous, you know. But, but you, you, as you say that it smells like roses, though, there is, there is a heavenly fragrance mm -hmm. to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's one that I know when we've had opportunity or had the experience of um, the, the scent of roses and the Blessed Mother's presence, it's it's 
it's just the light and refreshing. It, it is like roses, but it's even above and beyond. It transcends it. It's, it's elevated. Scent. Yeah. Well, and when my yeah. mom had her and brain hemorrhage, her favorite saint was St. Therese. And little flower? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so the strangest, like weird little things would happen, but I would trip over my daughter's pajamas, and they were pajamas that were covered in roses. Or my aunt showed up wearing a scarf that was covered in roses. I go, oh, you wore that scarf. She goes, what? No, what are you talking about? Oh, I actually hate this scarf. She goes, I reached <laughs> to the back of the closet. I don't know why I had to wear it today, but it's because it has roses. So roses, we had roses coming out of our eyeballs. Yes. And we knew. And then, actually, we were looking for Rose when my mom was sick, and we didn't always touch or go. And um, I said, oh, where's our Rose? Where's our Rose? And my sister said, oh, Mom's our Rose. She's Rosemary. She's our Rose. She's oh, the answer to name. the prayers. And here, she, here we are 21 years later. God bless. And, uh, you know, full circle Amen. moment to be able to pray every day with my mom. I mean, when my mom was sick, I was begging God, just, I just, I need my mom. Like, please, please, I just really, really need her. So now to be able to pray with her every day, I mean, God, God works miracles. God is amazing. Our lady blesses us through her rosary. And I would always be like, well, why? Why the rosary? I don't really get it. Like, what does it do? How does it work? Right. But like Patty said, when you get to know someone, you can't say you love someone if you don't get to know them. To know someone is to love them. You, you have to be here's the thing people want to say the church is oh the church has all these rules and they want to hold me back and they want to tell me what to do well no you know michelle talked about this relationship with christ if you love someone if someone you love says hey you want to come over for dinner or hey can you stop at the store and do this yes of course i'll do it because i love you we have to get back to that love the love is what people are craving and what people are missing right now do you ever right? feel like you just want to like not pray but just keep company do you ever right. get like that? Do you ever yeah. get like that? Like lately, I've had a hard time. Like someone was saying, they're having a difficult time praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. Like it can take me four hours mm -hmm. to pray rosary. Yeah. But sometimes, I just want to sit with him, and it's like it's just like being with my husband that uh, came in. I just, I I can't even think. I just love mm -hmm. him being with me and me with, and me with him. It's kind of like lovers, you know, when you were dating and you'd be driving in a car somewhere. Or, so it's funny how your yeah. spirituality, like you were saying, Lisa, it can it can grow and and go in different directions. And sometimes he just wants to get through to us and tell us what we need to know and calm us down. So. Absolutely. Well, and I think we have to remember, like Mary, she she pondered things in her heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was in silence. It wasn't staring at a phone, listening to music, and. As much as we enjoy doing things together and that community is necessary, right? It's like if you took a piece of coal and you lit it on fire, it's only going to produce so much heat and so much so much of a flame. You need to be surrounded by more coal to mm -hmm. prepare the meal that you're preparing. But at the same token, if we don't find those moments of silence and quiet, and even coming into the radio station this morning, I had 45 minutes in the car and I thought, okay, I can listen to that news station. I could listen to this radio station or what have you. And I thought, gosh, turn that off. And it was just so beautiful to be in, in the quiet. And, you know, I was, I was reflecting on what might come this morning, not knowing exactly how the Holy Spirit would work and what would be said. But I just kept thinking, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. Like, let's adopt the words of the Blessed Mother. Let's look to relationships in our lives that appeal to us where we go, gosh, what is it about them that 
that that makes them you know show so much love or what have you what can i apply to my own life and and in the same token take the things that we see that are toxic in life and go geez i don't want to be that i don't want to do that but anyway just coming back to the silence of the blessed mother in those hidden years there's so much that is kept from us but i think it's because that's where she meets us that's where our lord meets us and even saint joseph we need to meet them in the hidden years just like they meet us in the hidden years and then apply also that which we do know um, from 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 that which has been shared by the church and by the mystics and uh, by jesus himself on the uh, on the cross you know behold my mother well i realize that we've been keeping a priest waiting for 15 minutes <laughs> so oh, we have, sorry. We have poor Father Tom Lawyer. I didn't know he was here, and I was enjoying myself so much. Oh, we have Father Tom Lawyer on deck from Light of the East. And I want to say, ladies, what, what a gift this morning has been to me. Thank you so much, and you're always welcome here on WSFI Catholic Radio. So God bless you. Thank you, you. Thank Angela. God and you keep on praying. Please keep us in your prayers. God bless Absolutely. you. Always. My life of sin. My heart of love, I come to you to offer up my pain and loss at the foot of the cross. My pain and loss at the foot of the cross.
the WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio Sherathon. Today, we will be live on the air until 6 o'clock p.m. with guest hosts from the local community. And to say thank you for your financial support, we have some great gifts to enrich your Catholic faith. Operators are standing by right now to take your tax-deductible pledge. So call 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit wsficatholicradio.org to make your donation online. Well, Father, forgive me, I was a slacker this last hour. I was listening to these women all tell their stories about consecration to Our Lady and the love for the rosary. I realized I didn't ask anyone to call in. So we're, we're way behind here. So, Charlie, what's the number that people can call? We've got to get to work here. All right, get to work. Okay, for those of you, uh, uh, please call us uh, at 224-206-8455. Or if you prefer to donate online, you're welcome to do that also. Online, uh, go to WSFI Catholic Radio, all one long string of letters, nothing in between, dot org. That's WSFI Catholic Radio dot org. And we're um, saying hello to our new friends at, at 7.50 a.m. In addition to our old friends, 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. But um, uh, this, this Sherathon, we're trying to get every single person, 8 million potential souls, to consecrate themselves to Our Lady. So this is the goal. The goal is we're fighting for the soul of the Chicagoland area, and we have the hand of God with us today, especially with our next guest, who I have to say, I love your show, <laughs> Father Tom Lawyer. So Father Tom Lawyer is from the Tabor Life Institute which exists to transform lives through the ethos of seeing the sacramental liturgical worldview. This way of seeing all life is the key to an honest understanding of the entire created order and most especially the human person. So, Father Lawyer, you have the most beautiful show, The Light of the East, on EWTN. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much for having me here. How did you get started in the radio business? Oh, well, just show you how God works. God's yes. providence. I was literally walking through my church one day, one morning, and there was a man praying there. Mm -hmm. And he said, he stopped me and he says, you know, Father, he was a Latin Rite Catholic, very devout, but he enjoyed our Byzantine liturgy. And he enjoyed coming to our church and just praying. So it was one day, he was the only person in the church, he stopped me and he said, you know, Father, we'd, it, it'd be good to get your liturgy on the radio so more people could, un could see and understand the Byzantine liturgy. So I was just like, well, yeah, yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> you didn't think anything of it, you know. So he said, I'm going to follow up on that. So, oh, okay. Well, he did. Wow. He went and got a friend of his who was in the, in the radio world. And they, in turn, went to uh, the uh, a radio station in Chicago, a secular station. And they talked to him there, the, the manager there. And they came back to me. And they said, Father, I have good news and bad news. <laughs> the, the, the bad news is your liturgy is too long for the time slot. That didn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> How long is long, Father? Well, it, our liturgy goes... Um, 
an average Byzantine liturgy on a Sunday with the average congregation is at least a solid hour, usually anywhere between an hour and hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Usually an hour, 15 minutes, hour and 10, you know, kind of, we sort of have a timeless sense of our liturgy, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you how long it is. I say it's timeless. <laughs> but he says the good news is there's a half hour slot open on Sundays at 1130 if you want your own program. And it just stunned me. Never in my wildest dreams thought, it never entered my mind about doing radio. Like, I was just a parish priest. I said, and I thought to myself, wow, on my own show, our own program. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And the rest was history. How many years has it been now, Father? Oh, it's been, it's, uh, I, it's, we're all, we're getting close to 900 sh- programs. Wow. So it's wow. been that many years, and you got to do the math. I don't know how many years you have to, so you know. 50, how many, like once a week? Or yeah, so, once a week, every so Sunday, 52, yeah. So it's, uh, l- Oh, not quite 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So how, how 18, 18 years. How does the Byzantine world compare to, say, for example, the Roman Catholic world that a lot of people that are listening to WSFI are familiar with? Uh, how is the Byzantine How world? is Yes, talk a little bit about the light of the East and oh, how your okay. faith compares with yes. the Roman Catholic faith that we grew up in. Yeah, the program, Light of the East, its message is uh, unity in the church. In other words, I present the... The gifts of the two lungs of the church, east and west, but primarily, of course, the eastern churches, because a lot of people are not familiar with them, because we're small, we're smaller, especially in the western world, kind of spread out. But basically, to understand the church, there's actually about 21 different ways to be Catholic. Really? Most people are just familiar with the one, the Latin rite, they call it Roman Catholic or Latin rite, because it's the biggest in most parts of the world, especially in the western world, but not every part of the world. So what happened was the church, just like civilization, developed along two basic expressions, an Eastern expression and Western expression. It's kind of like man and woman, male and female. You know, they're both human, but they're different. They're complementary, or like in a marriage, you know, they're, they're, they're two become one. And that's how the church is. The church basically had an Eastern uh, expression and a Western expression, all dependent upon what culture the church spread to. In other words, the apostles and the missionaries after them went to Eastern cultures, you know, from the Holy Lands outward to Eastern cultures, the, the church took on the character, the expression of that culture. If it went west, it took on the character of the Western culture. So we ended up having a, a number of different, what we call rites of the Catholic Church, different expressions, ancient venerable expressions. So I come from one of the Eastern rites, and I say there's 21 different ways to be Catholic. Most of them are in the Eastern rites. You know, there's many Eastern rites, uh, not as many in the Western rite. Largely, practically speaking, there's just one. That's Latin rite. But there were other uh, rites in the Western Church as well. But most of them are in the East. And basically, our the, the difference would be the difference between the the Eastern expression and the Western expression is a matter of just like emphasis. You know, what what parts of the same faith do we emphasize, and how do we express it? It's the same pope, the same faith, but it's expressed different in different ways, uh, it, different emphasis. We have some, some of the same feast days, and some we have, some you don't have, and vice versa. We have many of the same saints, some you have, some we don't have, you know. And our liturgical expression is very, very uh, central to our, our faith, the Eastern churches. They're very based in the mystical approach, the sacramental, liturgical, mystical approach to things. The two pillars of the Eastern churches are monasticism and liturgy. And the monastic tradition really was given to the world by the Eastern churches. Monasticism uh, originated in the, in the deserts of Egypt and spread throughout the Eastern churches, then eventually went to the West with people like St. Basil, and, or St. Benedict, St. John Cassian, and so on. So 
the Eastern approach is, its starting point is the utter transcendence of God, his other holiness. And we say that that God who is so other, so beyond us, we like to describe God in the negative. We describe him in terms of what we don't know about him. We say he, or what you can't say about him, we say that he's uh, ineffable, incomprehensible, uncontainable, infinite. Those are all like negatives. From the negatives, we learn who he is, like in a positive, uh, because he's beyond everything beyond any kind of expression, any kind of uh, label or confines. Yet, yet, that ineffable, uncontainable, invisible, infinite God has become visible. So we say that he, he condescended, he lowered himself, like we call Christmas the, the, the divine condescension, that this mm. utter transcendent God would so humble himself out of love that he would, we say he bends the heavens, he bent down to us, so he's as, as transcendent as he is, he is also imminent and present. And he bends down to take us into where he is. So we look at our, our spirituality as an ongoing, deepening participation in the very life of the Trinity. We call that theosis. In other words, our becoming like unto God, more and more the image and likeness of God. We were made that way at the beginning. And then sin interrupted that, but so our, our spirituality is about that an, a constant transfiguring more and more into the image and likeness of God. It's wow. a, um, again, the, the interior life of the Trinity is what we participate in. Yeah, that's wonderful. That, uh, that's terrific. So for, for those of you who may just be starting to listen to us, we, I have to tell you this is Father Thomas Loya from the Annunciation Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. Uh, Father Loya is very renowned. Probably a lot of you re know him or have heard him on EWTN. He has a, a radio show, Light of the East, mm -hmm. that has been on Relevant uh, uh, EWTN, excuse me, EWTN radio for many, many years. And uh, on Sunday mornings, uh, is it still, do you know is it still on Sunday mornings? Yeah, Father? usually it's on Sunday mornings. It varies according to different networks, you know, radio, you know, locals, and sure. then uh, sure. sometimes it's even repeated. You know, like uh, maybe in the evening, but oh, uh, sure. generally it's just Sunday mornings. Sunday morning. uh, usually later, later mornings. Sometimes morning. early. Wherever I go, I hear people say, "Oh yeah, I heard you earlier this morning." You know, <laughs> or, I heard you last night. <laughs> and and for those of you who are just joining us for the first time. 7.50, we are now on 7.50 a.m. WNDZ as of September 1st, as of a couple weeks ago. And where Father Lawyer's Parish is, is right in the middle of our expanded yes. uh, geographic area. And so Father's Parish is down near Lockport, Romeoville, somewhere down that approximate area, right, Father? Yeah, it's probably the best-known region is the Orland Park. It's near Orland Park, you know, the Orland okay. Square Mall, that kind of region, just north of I-80, the southwest suburbs. Okay. Uh, Lamont is near there. Okay. Uh, New Lenox is near there, Lockport, that, that region. Okay. My That's son lives in Frankfurt. Oh, Frankfurt, yeah, yeah. Frankfurt, just a little south of it. We have parishioners from Frankfurt. Yeah, that whole area is sort of semi-rural. Sure. Very, very pretty area, very, a lot of open space and so on. And that, that, that's wonderful. So those of you who are enjoy, enjoy Father Loya in the past or right now, today, feel free. Uh, we really are asking for people to donate today for our pledge drive. Uh, so the number you could call, we have uh, operators waiting. Uh, the number uh, for your call, the number you can call is 224-206-8455. Or if you want to donate online, 
You can donate, uh, go online to WSFICatholicRadio.org. And we're okay. asking people, Charlie, to, um, we were supposed to have the Sherathon last week and it got postponed due to some illnesses here, but the idea was to give the Blessed Mother on her birthday the most mm. beautiful gift that she could ever have, which is this gift of souls. Mm. So we're asking you, call in and make a donation in honor of her birthday. It doesn't matter whether you're donating $5 or $5,000. We need a 1,000 faithful Catholic, Mother Angelica Catholics, to donate $40 a month for us to be able to do this every month. So it's a big mountain, but it's not a big mountain for God, is it, Father? No. In fact, interesting you say that it was the Feast of the Blessed Mother. That was very appropriate. But that actually, interesting, it actually dovetails, overlaps now, kind of like the like a passing of a baton to the now the feast, the time of the exaltation of the cross. Talk right. to us about the exaltation of the cross. No, the exaltation of the cross, big feast for us in the East. It is in the West, too, but uh, what the exaltation of the cross came about when the Byzantine empress, Helena, mm-hmm. <laughs> discovered the true cross in Jerusalem back in the 4th century. And they were able to prove that because they, they, when they found what they thought was the two cross, and by the way, it was a, it was a Jewish woman who, who led them to the spot. They found, they dug it up, they found the, the cross, and there were other crosses there, of course, and, but they found that and they, there was an um, entourage of a dead person walking by, you know, a burial procession. And they took that cross, that wood, and they touched it to that dead person and that person came back to life oh wow oh i always gosh. wondered how they knew that that was the true yeah. cross because the other ones didn't there were other crosses there other pieces of wood and that's the only one that oh my gosh. and also healed somebody who was sick so oh, there were a couple oh that's an amazing miracles. story i never heard that one before and then when they when they realized that the the patriarch was uh, jerusalem was there his name was macarius and he held up that cross and he said this is the true cross and everybody there bowed down and said lord have mercy lord have mercy and what happens in our church, we have a whole ceremony that reenacts that. We actually have a decorated cross, and we bring it out in procession while we're singing these hymns. And we do a litany. For every litany, the priest holds up the cross, and he, he slowly bends down, as low as he can go, and then bends back and stands up with the cross. And the whole time that people are saying, Lord, have mercy, Lord, there's a hundred, Lord, have mercy for each one. He goes around this table four wow. times. So we, we just plunge ourselves into this, like, wow. nonstop, ceaseless, Lord, have mercy in the presence wow. of the cross. Wow. But what's interesting about this story, though, is to show you how God works. And this is very important for us today because we're looking for, you know, for faith, to you know, have our faith restored, you know, and all this fear and confusion. Just show you how God works. And this is the mystery of the cross. The mystery of the cross is where the, the worst thing is, was taken and made into the best thing, as only God can do. Mm-hmm. Well, when, they, when Helena found the two cross, she stayed in, in the Holy Lands, and she began to build churches, Byzantine churches, over all the significant spots of the Holy Lands, where Christ was born, where he died, and he was buried, and so on. And that's how we know to this day those are authentic sites, because they, they dig down and they find the remnants of the Byzantine churches. But here's the oh. best part. How did she know what, what they were? Because don't forget, this is How like, did she know? This is like 300 years after yeah, Christ. Yeah, after him, right, you with Constantine. Because Hadrian, the Roman emperor, hated Christianity, hated the Jews, and he wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth, just like we're seeing now, wipe out Christian civilization. So he went around, and he, and he was now right during the time of Christ, right after Christ. So he went around, and he made sure that he found the exact spots 
and he built his pagan temples over those spots just to mock the Christians and the Jews. Oh. He built a temple over over the Solomon's temple. He built it over Christ, where Christ died and rose. He made darn sure that that's where they were, so he could mock them. Oh my gosh! He thought he was he was eliminating Christianity from the world. He was preserving it forever, because wow. the businesses came around. And they said. That's the true spots because that's what the ones that Hadrian found. Like you said, how how wow. how, how something negative can be turned yep. into a positive. Scatters the proud and the conceit exactly. of their heart, doesn't that's he? Right. So are those shrines available today? Are yes, those they churches are. absolutely. They've been preserved from all of the hell on earth in they, the Middle East. They really have. And what's amazing is when you go there, there's still remnants. When you go there and get like a tour, especially you know you know someone who really knows you know the scholars and so on. I went there as had the blessing to go there as a seminarian with my professor. Uh, uh, scripture scholar and he came brought us into a place these places and he would show us the remnants of these Byzantine churches so they, they would know that that is where the spots were then they do more and more research and they find out they can they can actually pinpoint some of the actual authentic sites that are just irrefutable for example well where, where the actual death and resurrection took place you know the Golgotha you know uh, the uh, uh, where Mary lived and Tell me about where Mary lived. Where Mary lived, they actually found, mm -hmm. they dug down, and they found there's a, st a stone there, what was actually carved in there, into the stone, the foundation of the stone, go dating back from that t the actual time of Mary. When the you say she lived, I don't mean to interrupt you, when, are you saying before the Annunciation where she lived? It, it was during, it was in the, when they lived in Nazareth. Okay, after oh, the Annunciation, oh, after okay, the child yeah. was born. I wasn't sure yes. if that was, in, or if you were thinking, or if yeah, it was in F Ephesus born. later. Yeah, okay, yeah, so Nazareth, continue, yeah. Father, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so sorry. they found this, and the, the inscription on there uh, indicated that that was the house of the Virgin Mary. Wow. And... There is other uh, other sites there throughout the Holy Lands, both from the the, the biblical sites too, you know, from the Old Testament and the New Testament. That nowadays, with archaeology and then with the help of the Byzantines, when they dig down there, they can piece all this together. It's very fascinating, and they can actually uh, pinpoint and say that now. Now, some some sites are there's three levels, and when you go to the Holy Lands of, of authenticity, there's the the top level we might call the scientific or the authentic, irrefutable. Then there's the traditional, where it seems like that's where it is, but they can't prove it scientifically. But then there's the popular, where that's just was, was sort of what they said was. So, but the ones that are really fascinating, of course, are the, are the authentic ones. You know, there's something similar if you go to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. If you take what's called the Scavi Tour. Scavi Tour, yes. So underneath, yep. down where they, and they can act, it's the most fascinating <laughs> tour because they can absolutely prove without a doubt those are the bones of St. Peter. Yep. I, wow. I, yeah, I, my wife and I were very blessed to be able to take the Scavi tour back 15 years ago or so. But you're right, it's absolutely fascinating. Fascinating Anybody, how they Any of you that are listening, if you haven't ever been to uh, Rome, and especially if you haven't been able to take the Scavi tour, now, I, I must say, I think to get to get on the Scavi tour, you have to get your bishop or at least a priest or a bishop yeah, to to get, give you the approval to do that. They need to go through the chain of command, so to speak. Yeah, so they take small groups, only small groups. You have to kind of apply for it because it's such a special tour. And they can only take small groups because they take you down in the way down under these little right. walls, you know, and and, and they, they show you. And, and the way they piece it together, it is absolutely fascinating, absolutely irrefutable. Yeah. Is there a certain site that touched your heart more than another when you traveled throughout the Byzantine shrines? Oh, I, I think probably the um, place where Christ was 
buried and he rose. And that's all under one roof. You know, and, and Helena built that. She, she had that church built. Where, where he died on the cross, Golgotha, mm-hmm, and where mm-hmm. he was buried. How far was that? It, it's, um, it's really not that far away. Because don't forget, they had to carry his body. You know, people had to carry his body oh down, yeah. you know, so they couldn't go too far. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, like there's two elevations, like the Golgotha is the top elevation. You come down the stairs and you go walk around a little ways, and then where the... Uh, where the spot is that where he was buried is, is right there too oh on the wow. lower, lower level you know I guess I never realized that they were that close to each other for some reason I thought yeah, that, that where he was buried was a little bit further away it's it's a big church it's not like it's right there right next to you know but it, it's a little bit of a walk but not like it's miles away or mm. something you know who's the custodian of, of those churches uh, there's actually it basically it's split kind of between uh, some Orthodox churches and the Franciscans that's who they both kind of take care of the Holy Land, a lot of the Holy Land sites, but especially the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, it's interesting because just show you the difference of Eastern, going back yes. east and west, the Western Church calls that church the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The Eastern Churches call it the Church of the Resurrection. Hmm. What's the difference? The difference is, the, again, emphasis. Sepulchre is where he's, you know, he, di- he died on the cross and was buried. That's oh, an okay. aspect of, of Christ's salvific work you know a very important by that he was died and was buried there right. uh, but also his resurrection so the east is a very very resurrection oriented okay. we're really like super over the top about the resurrection <laughs> 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 so so whenever we emphasize it so in the eastern churches we believe that if something's worth doing it's worth overdoing so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great Did, would you say this more um a higher level of sacredness to the Byzantine church than you think in the West right now? In the West right now, I'm going to qualify that, yeah, because there was always equal sacredness in the traditions of the East and West, you know, in their authentic traditions. But right now, the the East, yeah, the East, Eastern churches probably preserve that sense of the transcendent sacredness uh, right. more so right. than mm-hmm. in the West. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a crisis of the West because, like I said, it was I- intrinsic to them as well. It's just that See, East and West, you look at their histories and influences, they dealt with different things. Like um, the West had to deal with the Protestant Reformation. Yes. The East didn't. The East dealt with Islam and heresies. And that profoundly affected those churches to this day. Like, like what their conditions are, what, they're, what they emphasize, uh, what influence were good and uh, what influences were, were harmful and bad. Like the, the Protestant influence is still has influenced you know the church in the west today right. you know right. it's very right. much an influence that came in after vatican II. well it got in there during vatican ii not because of vatican ii but it, it got in there it kind of opened the door a lot of protestant influences got in there and you see them very much today right. so so they're like in a sense foreign intrusions so the sacredness that the west has it, it still has that but it got it got kind of you know mitigated by these uh, protestant mm-hmm. influences which you know did not put as much emphasis on on the on the incarnation reality. So, so the whole thing about our faith, it, th- to understand our Catholic faith is this: it's very it's very much it's all about this. The invisible God has become visible through the physical. In other words, it's inherently incarnational, Eucharistic, mm-hmm. which which means that everything we we can touch God in physical things. He is absolutely present. Eucharist, perfect, best example, right? 
He is absolutely present in that bread and wine. The bread and wine becomes the Bible of Christ. Mm-hmm. A, uh, Christ, the Holy Spirit, is present in the waters of baptism that the priest calls down the, the Holy Spirit on the oils, on the waters. We bless things. We bless icons, statues. There's miraculous healings in those things. So that when we touch the things of this world that are imbued with the presence of God, we are, we are touching God. We are tasting God, seeing God. The incarnation reality is behind every aspect of our faith, even our morality. Why do we teach, why does the church teach what it does when it comes to the moral issues, especially issues of sexuality? Because it involves our bodies, and our bodies are images and likeness of God. They're, they're imbued with the presence of God. Therefore, what we do with our body matters. It, we're, either, we're either making God present through the action of our body or, or we're resisting that. And, and so what happened with Protestantism, it, it, the, their great departure is where they n- did not really believe that the incarnation could be that real. You, you really can't touch God. God. Bread and wine really can't become actually Jesus Christ. You know, you can, that's why they, they got rid of a lot of things. You know, that like, you know, that, well, these, this isn't significant. All you need is this, the Bible. You know, you don't need oil and water, all these things, because it, it's just oil and water. And we say, no, no, it's, it's God present in that oil and in that water. And, and, to, and, and we have a body. And to be able to come one with Christ, you have to do it. You know, like you cannot, you cannot receive the Bible of Christ unless you have a body and, that, and you have physically bread and wine. You know, that we went through this whole, like, spiritual communion thing. You know, yes. During the COVID. And it's kind of questionable, you know. Very it is. <laughs> if, right. if not totally bogus, Yeah, you know? well, it, it's not, but it's not the real thing. You know? no, Why do you say it's bogus, Father? Because it's, it, because, because you can't, you must have the physicality. Uh, in both cases, you must have our physical body and you must have the physicality that is involved in the sacrament. Every sacrament has something physical to it. It must, either something of the earth or our bodies, along with words and the, and, the, and the calling down of the Holy Spirit in that sacrament. Those three things must be present mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. it to be truly efficacious, truly real. Now, only God can judge, I guess, this very odd kind of special, unprecedented circumstance we had with this whole COVID thing about this so-called spiritual communion. I don't know, I guess I'd live up to God, but the fact is you, 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 must, you must have the physicality. You must have the touch. That's what makes it more real, so to speak. Yeah, know. and see, we're psychosomatic beings. You know, our body and soul, we're body, soul, and spirit. There are three different entities. You know, we're, we're, we're physical matter, we're spiritual matter, but they work together. You can't separate them out. They work together. This is why, for instance, in the sacrament of anointing of the sick, the prayers speak of the forgiveness of sins because, because health, and this is a, something very important we should be talking about during this whole COVID thing, physical health and physical maladies, sickness, come from sin. Yes. And, and so you can't really cure the body without curing the soul. Yes. It works together. Yes. And, and if you look at uh, even uh, most health problems, yes. most of them have to do with our sinful behavior, you know, lifestyle, mm-hmm. habits, and so on, are a very big part oh, of our sickness, our maladies, you know, wow. you our know, physical I, I, maladies. Th- that's, um, that's quite an interesting and 
re, uh, revelation. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, Father, I had, hadn't really exactly looked at it that way. But now that you say that, it makes it makes total sense. Look, okay, how did the Wuhan virus? What was it? It it was something from sin. It was made to kill people. It was Again, a function. It function. And now we're finding out that they they were ramping it up to make it kill even more, and it got out. And now we're physically sick. We're physically sick because of a spiritual sickness, yeah. sin. Yep. 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 So, uh, oh. You know, so when Adam and Eve, there was no sickness and death. We were never supposed to die, ever. Right. Uh, it, it happened from sin. What, yeah, what's, be, what came because in, they disobeyed. They disobeyed God, and they <laughs> ate from the one tree that God said not to eat from. Right. And with original sin, what came into what came into our reality, which wasn't there before, never intended by God from sin was death and everything related to death. Mm -hmm. See, sickness is a form of death. Mm -hmm. It's related to death. Mm -hmm. And that was never supposed to be. So that's why Christ had to come in and take on death and mm -hmm. destroy its power so that we can then be like he intended at the beginning. See, God was not gonna be outdone. He had a plan. Plan was this. I'm gonna make this creature that's gonna be in my image like that's gonna be made of body and soul. It's gonna be this glorious, perfect, wonderful figure this creature, this human person. And that human person in time will eventually enter into the next life. Together, body and soul intact. No pain, no separation, no ugliness, nothing. Just like the Virgin Mary did at her assumption. That's why that's so important. She did what was supposed to be done at the beginning. She was the new Eve. Well, we blew it, okay? So now the body <laughs> and it separates from the soul, this horrible thing called death. Yeah. But now Christ comes in and says, you know what? I'm gonna make it so that in the end, the body and soul gets back together again and by God I'm God so I'm gonna make sure that my plan works human beings are gonna end up with their bodies and souls intact together gloriously transfigured because that was my plan in the beginning and that's gonna be my plan now and forever and what keeps us from doing that keeps us from accomplishing that plan what's going on on planet Earth father yeah well what's going on planet Earth right now is I think is revelation, not the book of Revelation. I, I believe that God is taking what is happening today, the COVID, and, and along with COVID, we see all the sickness in society. Very in sick. Government, so on. And all that, I believe, is God's spotlight. He has shown the light in the earth, and now everything and everybody is being exposed for who we are. Mm. Look at, look at us now. What, what was our faith like? What did we do during this COVID thing as Catholics, mm. the church? What did we do? We bailed. Yeah, we, we didn't we, stand, stay strong against. We, show, we, we showed that our faith is not where it should be. And it came on the heels of that revelation that 70% of Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist, in the real presence. Right. And now... It, what's been revealed is where we're at as a church, even individual, for all of us, for myself and two, too. Mm -hmm. I've learned about myself. I think God is saying, but I think this is God's mercy, his love. What he's saying to us is like, okay, people, I'm going to show you where you're at. I'm going to show you what you have to, have to strengthen here. Your faith is not where it should be. It's too superficial. It's too suburban. It's too feel-good. And you thought you could have Christianity without the cross. Mm. And for the last 60 years or so, at least, you have been trying to have a church 
that where you made sure there was no cross, there was no suffering, everything was fine, there was no, nothing demanded of you, everybody gets to feel good. That's not Christianity. I'm going to show you what Christianity is yep. because you know what? I want you to be where you should be so you can be strong for what might be coming. And you're not there yet. We all thought we're such good Catholics. I always tell people at the church, never, ever say I'm a good person. I'm a good Catholic. That's not for us to judge. You let God judge that. Because when you say you're a good person, good Catholic, then you level off in that complacency. And this is good enough. And God doesn't want us there. Mm-hmm. It's never good enough. He wants, God wants us constantly to be trying to become better. Absolutely. And, and we don't always know what we have to improve on, so he's showing us. Well, you know, if the church is a big mother, you know, I always thought the church is a mother, and I had a wonderful mother. She never would have locked me out of the house. No, if I went knocking enough. on the door, if something terrible was happening like what happened, she would never say, oh, honey, call me up. It's too dangerous <laughs> to come in. <laughs> you know, she would have been opening the doors, and we all would have been there together. Exactly. But they locked us out. They did. And they locked me from Jesus, and they locked Jesus from me. They did. And... You know, and we were relegated. The most we we have, what is most essential, and we releg we allowed it to be relegated right. to the category of non-essential. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yep. And they mocked us for the sacraments. It we did. wanted to go to confession, like Mark Curran said. He just wished he could go to confession, and the cardinal mocked him and for yeah. it. And that to me you know especially you're so frightened and all the people that we knew in the nursing homes they were clawing at the windows they couldn't get last rites they wouldn't let the priests go in to give them last rites so all these people died without the sacrament my right right during the 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 strictest lockdown remember that one i do holy week right during that my mother broke her hip had to go in the hospital I could not see her as her son and priest's son. Oh, my God. Oh what would no. keep you, Father? Why couldn't you go in? Well, COVID. They weren't letting they won't let, come. So they just oh, blocked sorry. it. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't let you come in. You know, oh the They still are doing that. Oh, that's awful. Extent. That's horrible. Nursing homes. You know, talk about this, this body and soul together. You know what cardiomyopathy is? No. Okay. It's a medical term. Translated in simple terms, broken heart. Dying of a broken heart. Because those people, as you talk about those nursing homes, that were dying of broken hearts. Because when you have that kind of sadness, spiritual sadness, psycho-spiritual sadness, it actually affects the chemicals in your body, yeah. which then make your heart not work properly. Wow, which, which affects so the f- which physical. So the it is true. You can die of a broken heart physically. Physical, yeah. But see, they didn't consider that. Why? Because our approach to many things, medicine, God bless all the medical people, but the approach is one-dimensional. It's mechanistic. It's the body, flesh, body, you know, mechanical. Here's the, here's the pill. Here's the, there isn't a holistic approach. They don't understand or take consideration how much the spiritual part of us influences our overall health. You have to work with the whole person. You can't just work with one dimension. And one of the most important things that we could have had or should have had for our health, our physical health, was access to the sacraments and to worship. The human person is made to worship. If you have a fish and you take it out of water, how long is a fish going to live? Not long. If you take the wings off a bird, how long will it live? Right. Human person, like the wings on a bird or the fish in water, 
we were designed and made to worship. We need that to survive. They told us to watch it on TV. Yes. Yeah. Right. Watch it on, watch, watch me on TV. I'm streaming at five. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a pastor, okay? So I naturally, I want to protect my people. We could have had reasonable, reasonable uh, precautions. Right. Reasonable. Right. But here's, here's how I look at it. And I've done this at my church. I had a chart, pie graph. I think a big pie, a circle. The bigger part of the pie, the bigger piece of it, I called the mission of the church. And the little slice was our earthly existence. I said that we have to understand the church alone, alone on earth is the only one that has the particular mission of eternal life, which affects how we live here on this earth. That should have been the bigger part of the pie that we should have considered. We should have been deliberating, spending all night long, tearing our hair out. How do we preserve the mission of the church while still the smaller piece of the pie trying to protect people from this virus? Mm. That should have been our discernment. Then I flipped the chart around. We did the opposite. Yeah, and unfortunately, our government did the opposite. Our government and the church. And even the church, the, yeah, church even leaders. Sometimes the government didn't even ask of us. We went right. further than the government. They went further than the government. We would go into Walmart. We would go into marijuana parlors. Oh, yeah. We had yeah. abortion yeah, clinics. Yeah, abortion clinics open. Everything was open. Everything was up for grabs. It's except our church. They were locked. Where people are hurt by this, and I, I deal with them so much, I basically I'm a, in this last two years, I would say that I am a, uh, I'm like, I feel like a doctor in a triage, a yes. spiritual triage. Mm. Yes, yes, Father. Counselor. Yeah, in a war zone, in right? In a war zone, that the, yeah. the, the, the people are just so hurt and bloodied by this spiritually, you know. And you know who I think's more bloodied, Father? The good priests. Yes. That put those good priests in such a horrible position because they didn't want to desert the flock. We had priests coming in here. Every day we received communion at the radio station. We turned no one yeah. away. But those good priests, what it did to them, you know, what it did to them because they wanted to help and they did. They did it anyway. Yes. But they paid the price. Yes, they did. And, you know, priesthood, we are the stewards of the Eucharist. Right. That's our whole life, you know, the steward of the Eucharist. And and I know we have to reach some kind of thing, balance for safety and all that. But, and I f feel this very strongly as a priest, we were asked to compromise the very thing that we're about. What do you mean by that? How we compromise the Eucharist. Hmm. And, and the fact that it was denied people the fact that how we had to serve you know distribute the eucharist yeah. all the different ways some of them absolutely crazy yeah. putting consecrated hosts in ziploc bags and mailing them to people did they do that oh yeah there were there churches that do that and, and also or or drive through put them in the ziploc right. bag you came in you drive through and they dropped it you know i think all the years of no catechesis yes. made it possible for the uh parishioners to think it was okay yes it's true it's really true and then no 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 confession you know no right no confession yeah no, no, no reconciliation confession so will it change now if we have it go through another crackdown with the delta variant will it all change and the church has learned and our I, churches I will be open and i think it'll be better yeah i, I do, do like, too i don't know they can get away with it i sure <laughs> hope no. not let, you yeah. know, let's hope they can't put us back to where we were last right. March and April and yeah. May. And 
I mean, <laughs> to think that you would come to church to worship God, open your mouth to worship God. What is God a practical joker? Ha ha, you worship me, now you got COVID. Uh-huh. This is what we were saying. Right. Like what God would what God would punish you. I mean the things I've seen now. We've placed science at the highest level instead of God. We did and it wasn't even good science. Right. right. Where was the proof? Where was exactly. the proof? Right. Where because uh, yeah, yeah. we talk about when you we talk about science, follow science. You have to have, it w- see, when you, when you do something so dramatic as say, for instance, close a church, mm-hmm. or you're telling people you have to wear a mask, otherwise you're gonna kill everybody. The, when you say huge indicting things like that, because they're so huge and divisive and indicting, you have to have some kind of super, super rock solid science to say that. You can't just say it. But there wasn't. There right. was not a proportionate science to justify a lot of these huge mm-hmm. indictments, these mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. policies. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. I know we were feeling our way through it, you know, in a sense. We, uh, at first we didn't really know and so on. But the thing is, you're right. We trusted, we trusted science, or what we thought was science, more than our faith. More than God. You know, here's what I've said to my people too, and I'll just explain a little bit about Eastern churches. Here's how we do communion, my church. We use leavened bread. It's prepared in a separate ritual before liturgy. It's got a whole ritual preparation of the gifts that the priest does and deacon. The, the gifts are brought in procession during part of liturgy, just like with you, and they're put on the altar. they would be consecrated. So we have the, that bread comes in a loaf, and we cut it up into particles. One's a main particle called the lamb, like you do, the large, you know. And then when it comes time for Holy Communion, the wine is consecrated to precious blood, the bread has been consecrated in the body of Christ. The deacon or priest takes those particles and puts it into the chalice. Oh. It takes the chalice, like this. he takes the chalice with one spoon, mm-hmm. and he takes, and you come up for communion, you just simply stand, open your mouth wide like a little bird, that's all you do. Uh-huh. He mm-hmm. takes huh. with a spoon one particle that's soaked in the precious blood. It's like a little crouton, you know. Oh, and wow. he says your name. Like, like if you were to come to communion with me, I would say, the servant of God, Charles, Char- partakes yeah, the precious right. and most holy body and blood of the Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the mission of his sins and for life everlasting. Amen. Wow. And I would do it for you. I'll call you the handmaid. So the handmaid of God, Angela. I would do it for every single person. I would name them by name. Wow. wow. Amazing. So we take that communion and we drop it drop it in your mouth how wow. beautiful how beautiful not only with it soaked in in the wine in jesus blood i was i mean how could the, nothing could be more perfect than that exactly it's the bible of christ now at the end well one spoon everyone is received from that one spoon the priest takes that one spoon and the eucharist whatever is left he takes it back into the sanctuary he puts that spoon in there and he consumes the rest of that by himself after it has you been I've distributed to every single person mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I said I've been doing that for 39 years oh my gosh I'm I still here uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you look very healthy <laughs> I said every Byzantine priest across the world has been doing that for 2,000 years oh my gosh. and we're still here I didn't realize that that's how <clears throat> you gave communion yeah. one spoon to everybody's mouth and it goes into my mouth at the oh end oh my gosh wow. and I said I'm still here now you talk about science 
there's yeah. your proof. Right. I said, like, yeah. like, like uh, Jesus had said to Thomas, does a ghost have flesh and blood? I said, touch me. I said, I said to my person in the homily, I said, touch me. Am I a ghost? I stand here. Shouldn't I have died 100 times over, right. according to science, according to the COVID scare? How could I take one spoon in all your mouths and put it in my mouth at the end? I should have died on the spot. Why am I still here? Why is every Byzantine priest still here? Wow. To do it again and again and again for all of our lives. That's a, that's Why is that? What does that tell you? That this is the vine blood of Christ. How much science do you need? I'm living proof. But they did not, see, I think the big thing is when we grew up, we always read about the Eucharistic miracles. My aunts would be debating on the table, yeah. oh, it's Lanciano, it's this miracle. We all knew those miracles. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, like there's a denial of the miracles now. Yeah, there is, because uh, again, this is, this is some of that influence that came in at the Second Vatican Council. It was like a, um, almost like an intellectual elitism. It was that historical critical stuff, you know? Uh-huh. It's the Christ, is the Christ of history, the Christ of faith, you know? Yeah. And, and it's that whole thing where you don't really have to believe this. We only believe what we can actually prove. They were embarrassed by Jesus. Yeah. They what were do you mean by, why, by Mary? Why embarrassed, Rosemary? Why do you say they were embarrassed by him? They just lost reverence. They had no faith. Their faith was as shallow as they thought it was like a dish. A folklore or superstition, right? Or, you know, just uh, faith meaning it's what you believe. It's not really what happened. That's wow. what happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the uh, what a great analogy, Father. How that's else? a wonderful analogy. And that's why I told my own people: you don't have to be afraid, because I stand before you as proof. If anybody should be sick, it should be me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But it is not. Wow. And even now, okay, because of COVID, what we have to do now, this is why I say about compromising the Eucharist. I have to do, I have to go against what I believe. I have to, go, I have to compromise my stewardship of the Eucharist because now we use a separate spoon for every person. And so I got these spoons. Some church, some are business churches, different kinds. I got these iced teaspoons stainless steel <laughs> and so what we do is a person comes up that's your spoon only your spoon i distribute the eucharist to them i take that spoon i rinse it in water and we put it in a tray and those spoons are all disinfected in my dishwasher on hot high <laughs> rinse all that double rinse all this <laughs> i max my dishwasher out just to tell everybody disinfected now remember every spoon gets swished in that water at the end of the liturgy i or the deacon drink all that you water. drink the water oh my oh. gosh from every spoon that was used wow am i a ghost and and you're still alive and look, looking very well and you are and father it's unbelievable but we went through the whole hour i never took a break again i'm going to be fired <laughs> over here no, i've been right. so captivated with everything you oh, this say is, this has been great it has been wonderful for, for those of you on, that are listening to us on e- either WSFI 88.5 FM or AM 750, this has been Father Thomas Loya, Byzantine priest from Homer Glen, Illinois, as Annunciation Parish. And this has been so, so wonderful. If you have enjoyed the la- uh, this last 45 minutes or more, please call us. We're trying to expand our geographic area, and we need the contributions from a lot of people to help 
uh, this growth, please call 224-206-8455. Operators are waiting to take your call. Or if you prefer to call uh, to do donate online instead, that would be fine. Go to WSFI Catholic Radio, all one long string of letters, nothing in between. dot org. That's WSFI Catholic Radio. dot org. And we have some beautiful. Go ahead, Rosemary. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, what is our goal? Well, we need a thousand faithful Catholics to donate forty dollars a month. We need Mother Angelica Catholics, $40 a month, a 1,000 of them. Now, that's nothing, right, next to a city of 9 million souls? Next to, right. When you figure the increased geographic area, you're right, Angela. That's uh, a small, small, very small piece of the pie. But we can change the world. You know why we have to do this, why you have to support this? Because Catholic Radio is actually sanctifying the air. That's what we're doing. We're sanctifying the air, the atmosphere. Mm. Explain what you mean by that, Father. Because we're sending the truth out into the airways. I always think of that when we play We play the Annunciation at 6, 12, and 6. Mm-hmm. I always pray it's going out into the ethos. Yeah, it is. And that our Lord's listening to us. And that's the Catholic belief. You know that when we when you take an icon and they take it in procession, and you're supposed to wave it, we call that sanctifying the air. Wow. You do the same thing with incense. You sanctify the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with radio, Catholic radio. You're sanctifying the air, oh the atmosphere. Wow. We need to breathe freely. Yeah, we do. Breathe freely. With so those beautiful, with the rosaries that we send out. That's yeah. my prayer. Even if no one's listening, I say, you know, Father, even if no one's listening, I just pray that when we're praying the rosary at night that the Lord's listening and he knows we love him. And that he yeah. knows that we love his mother and that we want to be his children and that we're, we're, good, we're good kids. You say yeah. you're not supposed yeah. to say good Catholics, but we're trying to be good kids, yeah, Father. We just, <laughs> we just need to have more of us. We need more, more of us. So, Father, would you like to give us your priestly blessing? Okay. May the Lord God bless you out of Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May the Lord God bless your every good intention as is his good will. May he bless the intention efforts of this radio network, this station, and all who visit and all who work here. And may God grant you long life, health, and salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you, Father. Come back. You're always yeah, welcome Father, here. You, You're would, always would you, welcome Would you here. come back again sometime in the near future? Oh, yeah. It's great to be here. Oh, thank <laughs> you. We're, it's great to have you. We're going back to regularly scheduled program just for a little while, and we have Amy on the deck. Thank you for being a part of the WSFI Antioch 88.5 FM Catholic Radio share Stay tuned for more community hosts and opportunities to pledge your support. Call 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit our website, wsficatholicradio.org to make your tax-deductible pledge.